Friday, Friday, Galaxy on Monday. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! It's Friday. The weekend's here, and we'll have a kid of me. We'll relax. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! And take off our slacks. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! It's in a rubber house in a rotten underwear. Hallelujah! You asked for it, and they listened. My bookie designed a unique deposit bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. This is a unique deposit bonus for sports bettors who want to focus on what to bet and not a payout sweat. Make your first deposit today with promo code DUKES, D-U-K-E-S. Wager your deposit amount once and you're eligible to cash out. It's the Super Bowl coming up. If you're going to make a bet, have some fun with it. It's going to be more fun than the squares. You're going to go and you're going to be able to make some money this Super Bowl. If you want a sports book that gives you the most for your money, bet on the big game with my bookie. Pre-game live lines, the Super Bowl props, bet everything from the opening coin toss, the length of the national anthem to the color of the Gatorade dumped on the winning coach. I can't tell you exactly who's going to win the Super Bowl, but I can tell you where I'm placing my bets. That's my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that now? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There, but for the grace of God, do it. Hey there, boy. It's your pal, Jimmy J, back from what was just a terrible friggin' week. Saturday, I started feeling like complete ass. My kids were grumpy. I was not in the mood. It was a bad day. Woke up Sunday, felt like I was hit by a truck. I thought, Christ. I got to get to the doctor. No, let's not do that, stupid. Let's take a COVID test just to be sure before we go running out of the house. Sure enough, came up positive. Turns out me, my 15-year-old, my 6-year-old, my mother, and my father all popped positive for COVID. It was the absolute pits. I had to go over to my parents every day at the very least once. Because there's something that needs help with. So we're masked up. We got gloves on. It's It looks like a friggin' hospital inside their house anytime I had to go over there. It was a nightmare. Everybody is finally starting to feel better. I am actually locked up in my laundry room right now recording this. We're going to see how it turns out. Hopefully I can play it for you. We shall see. What a great week of shows, though. I'm so pissed off that I had to miss it. I don't know if the COVID thing is my fault. I don't know whose fault it is. It doesn't matter. It sucks to miss shows. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But like all good things, the show must go on. Monday, we had our Monday night shooting tour together. The boys gave their thoughts on the new Pro Bowl format. There was a big weekend event in Fairfax that caused a little bit of stress. Steve-O had some choice words for Bam Margera. The boys go back and forth on that. And Duke's headed out to Flying Ace Farm for their bourbon dinner on Sunday along with Gigantor's week of dog-sitting. Tuesday, again, it's Dukes and Tor. The boys discuss the latest episode four of The Last of Us. Dukes had a tweet over the weekend that received a lot of interaction. Tor in the House of Happiness, they have a new game that they play, and there's a new edition of Social Media Grievances. Wednesday, old Gigantor came in to fill in for me. It was him, Dukes, Money Monk, and Ant-Man all in studio. We get an update on how everybody's nonfiction stories are progressing. Ant-Man has an embarrassing interaction at a restaurant, and we have a new installment of the BMI. Thursday was a big one. We had the Fortress Film Society in the studio, minus myself. Lottie Dottie, we likes to potty, sat in for me and ran that board for me. Thank you again, Dottie. The boys all got to taste test the new strawberry Dr. Pepper as we had that in the Fortress. 
So Shude, Loud Goat, and Lottie Dottie review Chad's pick, How the West Was Won, and give their review on that movie. They also go over the first ever book within this show, and that was The Deep by Nick Cutter. I actually sat down and read that entire goddamn book, and I didn't even get to talk about it. The boys also gave their reviews and thoughts on The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh from 1979 and Good Time with Robert Pattinson from 2017. And let's not forget, later tonight, 7 p.m., facebook.com backslash the Chad Duke Show is where you should be tonight, 7 p.m., 7 p.m., people. The Hot Dog Hootenanny is going to be live for everybody on Facebook Live. It's going to be one hell of a time. Monk's going to be in here spinning hot dogs for the boys. I've seen the back and forth on the messaging. I am not going to be here tonight. I just I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable when I just got over this sickness. No skin off my ass. I completely understand. I will miss the show, although I'll be watching at least, but I'll miss being up here with the boys. But regardless, let's get to what you're here for. Let's get you to some content. I have a segment for you guys from Tuesday's show when Dukes had that tweet over the weekend that received a lot of interaction. You'll hear what that's all about. And the boys also go over episode four of Last of Us. A little special thing I'm throwing in here for you guys from last week after my free Friday show, Dukes came in and did a shoot solo. And he also had an interview with a guy named Danny from the Hometown Horror Podcast. So I'm going to give you guys that interview, talking about all things scary, all things paranormal. It's it's really entertaining. But let's get you started off right. Monday night shooting tour. There's a week in between the championship playoff games and the Super Bowl. That's for the Pro Bowl. If anybody watches that, you might be a little crazy. Or just needing something good to watch. I don't know which. Regardless, Tor and Dukes, they both go over the new format and give their thoughts on why things are the way that they are now. And we also get an update from that bourbon dinner that was out at Flying Ace. I can't wait to go to one of those. Next time, I'm definitely getting tickets. It sounds like a blast. Check it out. If you're interested in buying or selling a home, there's only one person you should call, and that's Joe Azer. You can reach him at 571-989-2937. That's 571-989-AZER. Didn't hate the Pro Bowl. Didn't hate it. It wasn't great. Um, I thought the crowd looked like it was having a really good time. Yeah. Um, they looked pumped up. I The highlights were fantastic. It, here's the way I would suggest you watch, if they ever do this again with the flag football. Just go on the NFL's Twitter and watch the highlights. Like, watch CD Lamb fucking posterize and uh, watch uh, Stefan Diggs get picked off by his brother. Like, it, there's a bunch of fun shit that Derrick Henry had a touchdown, like, the, the the seeing the guys have fun and interact with each other and there was a lot of big stars there that is worth it S- sitting there and watching the whole fucking thing as a sports entity I, I don't know if that's for me I wouldn't say so I think it was also a little bit of I, I mean it's it's flag football so I have to understand what it is and I I look back at the previous Pro Bowls and I'm like oh, this is fucking embarrassing right it's all it was all it's all been embarrassing but this it's like it, it felt a little bit of um superheroes with their masks off because yeah. everyone's in the helmets always and then oh look at them they're that's it almost looks like kids at a park playing and flag it's football. so much different too because the flat like the the sequence where Devonte adams flips the ball tyree kill like everybody's focusing on the fact that tyree kill got annihilated uh-huh. but it, it was smart because he's like i'm gonna get my the t- clock's running out i'm gonna get my flag pulled this guy's still active like it's just the gamesmanship when Trevor Lawrence would get pressured in flag football and he rolled out, it was way different than in real football. Right. Um, and that that was kind of interesting to watch in small doses. That the game is a farce anyway, so why not just and also seeing them out of their pads is fun. You never you you see basketball players constantly out there in pajamas. You never see these guys right fucking running around in bucket hats and shit like that. I think they're still they're still looking for their dunk contest, and I st- I think they're also still looking for their three point shooting contest. Yeah. They, Kick tack toe is okay, but it's kickers. Home run derby is like that. What baseball has this hockey, the skills competition. Nobody cares about that, right? Yeah, they, I think the hockey all star game is as big of an abomination as the 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 Pro Bowl is. Yeah, they had a, a, a shooting challenge in the net, hit the knock down the, the the targets. That was pretty. That was cool. But I didn't mind oh. the quarterbacks doing the big video game thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Where they're just throwing the ball over the place and yeah. hitting those those little runner things. I haven't minded that that target because that feels like the old Pro Bowl skills challenge. I I, I think the longest toss, the longest throw, would is still a huge hit. Right. No one's going to try to do the forty, but the forty would be awesome. Uh, I or, no, they did do the forty last year, but it was 
it felt like half-assed. There was an episode of uh, King of the Hill where um, uh, Hank Hill's neighbor is named Khan, and he's from Laos. And there was a hot dog eating contest, and there was this Kid Rock is in the episode, and it's great. And uh, they're all worked up because they want to bring the hot dog eating competition back to America, right? Everybody's all like fired up, and Khan wins. I don't know if I don't know if he cheats or something, but it, it stays for Laos. And 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 Hank Hill says something like, "You know, it's pretty great living in America. Maybe Laos can have the." hot dog eating championship yeah. right i think the nfl which if you saw the numbers for the Bengals chiefs oh game which is like the most watched i think it was the most watched playoff game in history it's wasn't like it 60 million it's insane <laughs> fucking nuts um you can let the nba all-star weekend be better than your pro bowl weekend yeah you know you can let the mlb also like if they want to decide who has home uh, field advantage in the world series and they get the buzz from that that's fine that's fine. 120 million people are going to watch Super Bowl. It's just they will, but it's it's it's. I took it for granted again. I took the season for I know. granted again. I do it every fucking every year, dude. Year, and it's now I'm sitting on a Monday. If I'm not in here, it's like it's like oh, well, are we Monday Night Football on here? Yeah. No, it's not. It's a it's this weekend was, and my wife even said it. She goes, "Well, we can go to that dinner because there's no football on Sunday." I was like, "Oh, you're right." Fuck! And it's gonna be what are we in? Start of February, eight months or, or, or six months. Well, look, Aaron Rodgers is gonna get traded. Uh, there's gonna be some crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna go someplace. Yeah. Fucking Lamar Jackson's gonna sign someplace. Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of fun. Here's what I've noticed: Tom Brady's gonna unretire the second he's able to take more dick shots of himself and put him on fucking Twitter. What, what is that? I I never followed anyone for chasing the bag tour. Uh huh. How much money does he need? That you have to sit in your underwear on fucking Twitter. You think Joe Montana? I think Terry Bradshaw, Roger Stallpuck. <laughs> think any of these guys who sit their underwear on Twitter? There's reports that he's losing eighty percent of his net worth because of all that that FTX stuff. Yeah, that, but still, I, I almost think that's he's forty five years old. That's almost worse than the Bam stuff to me. That shot. Well, I mean, he also just got divorced, but she had more money than him. But I don't know. The dad sometimes is still culpable. Like I have no fucking idea what that's all about. But. I'll never fault anyone for trying to make money, but if I'm Tom Brady, maybe he's just real proud. He's real proud. Of, I mean, his body's real important to him. Yeah. He invests a whole lot of fucking money in his body. He he doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't appear to be athletic. He appears to just be very thin. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, he's definitely in, in a decent shape, but it ain't like he fucking takes his shirt off and he looks like TJ Watt, you know? Yeah, I'd say like. Oh, four Tom Brady could probably get under the the, the squat rack and, and 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 move it a little bit. Now yeah. it feels like he's doing all like live Pilates and yoga, a lot of bendy flexy lot, stuff, a lot of bendy flexy stuff. Which is where the game has gone. It's where it's gone to a lot of bending, a lot of flexibility. But I don't know. Get out, get under the rack. I mean, I feel like he could go on a motivational speaking tour and make a lot of. I mean, there's so many things he can do to make money. What isn't sitting in his underwear? Um. Quickly, and because I know we have to, we have to keep it tight. I want to say a big thank you to uh, Money Monk and um, everybody out at Flying Ace Farm. I can't say enough about. Uh, I was putting some Instagram stories up about it, but uh, went out to a bourbon dinner there on Sunday, and it was it was it was fantastic. Um, I don't know how often they do these, but you absolutely, if they do another one, like. Keep their webs. I'll try to ask Monk. Monk's coming in here this week. I'm going to ask him when the next one is. He actually told me that for one of them, he bought tickets. It didn't sell out. So he bought tickets for his staff at Monk's and they got to go. Like, I cannot imagine these not selling out. So it was, I think it was like a hundred bucks, something like that. I don't even remember yeah. how much it was. Um, they take you into the, they take you into the distillery and they, they make you a fucking beautiful cut. They were burning rosemary. And there was there was like cindering, uh, sizzling rosemary in your drink, and it had like the burnt orange on, and it. it was just delicious fucking whiskey drink, or whatever the fuck it was. And the guy that's the distiller there, hell of a nice guy. Um, he like tells you all about the process, and you have like a little cocktail hour, and then they they bring you around oysters, and they bring you around risotto balls, and I'm just Man. like, oh, this is very nice. There for about 15 minutes. We walk over to the bar and go upstairs where you just killed it doing stand-up comedy. Oh, thanks, um, man. They have, a, yeah. they have a set up like a big lodge, um, and we have a table. And I'm sitting with with Maddie and all the guys from Flying Ace, um, Pete and all those guys. It's a great group. And man came with. My wife came with. And uh, 
It's a it's a bourbon kind. I'm so, I apologize if I sound like a child. I've never been to something like this. They bring you a cocktail or neat or on the rocks. You can choose which one you want, and they bring you a dish. So it's like everything sounds very fancy, but at the end of the day, it's here's a piece of sausage. Here's a piece of steak. Here's a piece of chicken. Here's a giant ravioli stuffed with fucking oh. cheese with a fried shrimp on top of it and grits all around it. I'm like, holy shit. We had some sort of fucking short rib. That shit was fucking, whoo, it was so good. And then every time they pull it out toward, they're like, I, had, I went with neat, of course, because I like to taste my bourbon. But they're like, oh, here's this one. Here's this. I, I got to taste three bourbons that haven't come out yet. Um, I got to finally taste the toasted, which is a fucking 10. 10. Here's what I'm telling you, shitheads. If you like bourbon... <laughs> Fucking make the trip to get that toast. I bought three bottles. I wish I would have bought six. It's fantastic. And I guess they put that in the same time they put the Son of a Santa in. And the last bourbon was the last little bit of Son of the Santa. Oh, my God. Yeah. And everybody they gave me a, a, a verbal nod up when they were doing the presentation saying, hey, you can't buy that. Chad Duke show listeners bought it all out. So it was very cool. But it was just fantastic. And then the last course was <laughs> some sort of caramel cappuccino icing lady finger chocolate ganache this big bowl of filth yeah amen amen went like this oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> holy shit man i love lady he's <laughs> he said lady fingers tour here he comes harry to roy harry to roy he said Ladyfingers a Googleplex times at that fucking dinner. And then I had a little bite. I'm trying to watch what I eat. So, like, I had a little bite of it to taste it. I was like, oh, this is fabulous. And I go, yeah, man, would you like another bowl of Ladyfingers? And as soon as I said it, he just shoved the rest of his bowl into his mouth oh, and just sure. grabbed my bowl and drug it over. <laughs> it was fucking, I've never seen anyone, I've never been that happy in my life as he was eating that bowl of Ladyfingers. It's fucking fantastic. Harry to Roy. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. I have big ups to, to Monk and everybody at Flying Ace. If whenever they do the next one, you got to go. And I felt bad because Orgy wanted to come sit with us. He was there with his lady. They were dressed in the nines, by the oh, way. Man. They were the only two that were dressed like probably they should have been for a dinner like this. And uh, we had like a private table. So like one of the people shooed them away. And Three Name Bandit was there. There's a bunch of listeners there. So it was uh, it was cool. It was really, really good. And um, I highly recommend the experience. I think he was also good to, to, to shoo Orgy Beard away in that. I mean, I, I probably, I, you just don't know. That's you a, never know. That's a risk. You never know. And I've I've spent a lot of time with Orgy Beard. I don't know that I've ever sat and dined and supped with uh, with Orgy Beard. Sure. Um, but it looked like he enjoyed himself. I, I kind of was hoping to catch up with him after the dinner. But we were hooting and hollering and drinking. Uh, they got a... Blueberry lemonade seltzer out there. That's uh, fantastic. They just do it right. They just, they do, just it right. do it right. They and really they, do. They, they good. The short rib, uh, I think it's it's appropriately rated, but not enough people are rating Dude, it. Dude, your lips, the God's ears. As soon as I was eating, it was braised short rib. I got the menu. I'll, I'll try to post it. I had some sort of sauce. Yeah. I told this motherfucker, the guy that, I forget his name, the, the guy that's the cook out there. We love that guy. Uh, he makes our chili cheese dogs, which, oh, are, yeah. which are just the best. Um, there was this carrot in the middle of this thing, and I hate cooked carrots. I hate them. He'd smoked it or, or some shit along with the ribs, so I cut into it. I'm like, this carrot tastes like a hot link. This is the greatest <laughs> carrot I've ever had. I pummeled that fucking carrot. <laughs> it's in there in the middle of these braised short ribs, and they're just falling apart. You're like, oh, this is so fucking good. It's a big bowl of filth with a fancy name. Anyway, um, do we have a hoot nanny song? Oh, I do. Do you do? Yeah. What do you have? You have a hoot nanny song over there? Yeah. Let me hear it. All right, it's coming out. I have that muted. That's. Yeah, I don't hear anything. Yeah, that's. Hey, Jester. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jim. I don't know anything about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Wow, what's this? This is Hot Dog by Led Zeppelin. This is fucking great! Hot Dog by Led Zeppelin. Well, hold on, let me write this down. New favorite song. <laughs> this Friday, this is so exciting. For the first time ever, and Monk is not happy about this, 
Monk bought. How many times have we been able to start a sentence like that, Tor? Monk bought an industrial grade hot dog roller. Like the one you see in 7 Eleven keeping the cheeseburger big bites rolling, right? It's in his basement. He's serving hot dogs at his Super Bowl party on Sunday. But I said, fuck that. Bring that son of a bitch into the Fortress of Solid Dudes on Friday night, and we're going to have a hot dog hootenanny. That's right. And you say, Dukes, what about us, the listeners? What do we get? Nothing. Here's what's going to happen. Me and Tor and Ant-Man and Monk and whoever else is up here, we're going to sit around for an hour and a half eating hot dogs. That's it. Fuck it. You saw it with the, the sandwich hoot nanny. What was the sandwich hoot nanny, by the way? We sat around eating sandwiches. That's right. <laughs> Although, sandwich hoot nanny, fairly popular from what I remember. We did a, um, oh, it wasn't called the Fall Festival hoot nanny, but, but everyone brought in some fall themed snacks. Oh, yeah? That, that was fun. We did the, um, Hillshire Farms hoot nanny with the, with the oh, that was cheese. that was tremendous! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't we do that again? I don't know. The summer sausage, the, the summer sausage. That's right. <laughs> man, man, Brian, dude, Brian from Natural Red Catering hooked me up with some summer sausage yeah, and smoked yeah. cheese. Oh my god, I went fucking ham on it this weekend. I, by the way, do we have any ham? Nah, I don't think we have any ham. It's the worst fucking kitchen in radio. Um, hot dog hoot nanny Friday night. It's free. If you want to come up here, first of all, don't you be coughing and sniffling. We'll throw you right the fuck out of here. Think of others. But go ahead and hit us on Instagram or uh, Facebook or whatever. This is going to be a hot ticket on short notice. So the hot dog hoot nanny, first time ever. Money Monk, rolling them things. I think he said it would take about 20 minutes to cook up right on the roller. So I figure we'll start early. Like we'll have him in there rolling them, and then we'll fire it up at 7. And then uh, you just keep putting them on as long as people want them. Well, with the hoot nanny intros also... I mean, we're going to be eating hot dogs for 20 minutes just before the show starts. We'll be just fine. Also, if you're coming up here, this is not a time to be a ham scammer. We're going to need a variety of mustards. Tor, I'm going to put in a special request for pickled jalapenos. Oh, yeah. And also, Brian from Natural Red taught me this. Two of my greatest loves on earth. I don't know why I never combined them. The aerosol easy cheese sprayed on a hot dog is the greatest thing you've ever had in your fucking life. It was... It was the... Remember that? That was... It was the happiest I was at the tailgate for friendship, was eating those. That, that was such a day of ups. You know, we're coming up on the uh, one-year anniversary of the oh tailgate for friendship. It's in May. Can you believe that? Was it really in May? Dude, it was in May. <laughs> Does that feel like it was a year ago? No. We should go do it again. Like, we should go do it again and not tell Joe. <laughs> Maybe he'll come out this time, you think? I know I know he was. I know his brother was real pissed last time. Yeah. God damn, I still can't believe. I cannot believe how weird that day was. But the, you're right. It was such, there were so many lows, but the highs of Brian saying, why don't you just put the aerosol cheese on the hot dog? Yeah. And me just realizing I've been living a lie my whole life. I mean, Philly's been doing it for 80 years. Yeah. And, and that's just on their their shitty cheese We're steaks. not as smart as Philadelphia people? We Come on. Be. Come on. We um, yeah, we need the Martin's potato rolls. Yes. Martin's. Gotta be Martin's potato rolls. So keep all that in mind if you're planning on coming up here. Man, is that going to be a fucking day? <laughs> Everybody, the Chad Duke Show Spotify page has updated playlists for your listening pleasure, including songs handpicked for our Tennessee road trip and 90s country playlists. Just follow the Chad Duke Show on Spotify and you'll see all of the show's favorite tunes. Working in a small business, you never know who you are going to bump into. And I had recently just listened to um, a podcast that Joe Rogan did with a, a couple of guys that uh, are paranormal investigators, and it was interesting and i was working in uh, commonwealth dry goods and uh, a guy came in and he said hey can i put a sticker up in on your door and usually that's a little weird because most of the time it's not a, for something cool uh but this time it was it was for a podcast called the hometown horrors podcast which deals with two things that um that are very close to me being from alexandria uh it's scary stuff in northern virginia of which some of the stuff, like the Bunny Man, I've heard about my whole life, so it's kind of fun that you did an episode of that. The host of that is a guy named Danny, and we talked for a little bit and uh, shared a lot in common. I said, why don't you come on up? I do a podcast also, and what do you know? It's right across the street, and he said, cool, and here you are. Good to see you, Danny. Thanks for coming in. Howdy, howdy. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you making the time. Um, 
Well, first of all, are you our Mobius customer? I assume that's why you're over there. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that place. And uh, Dempsey is the guy with the beard. Have you met him before? I've never been formally acquainted, no. He's the owner. We were in a band together that was based off of Bill Paxton's character in Club Dread. So oh, if you ever bump into him, if you ever bump into him, you should bring up that piece of trivia. Um, are you from Northern Virginia, I assume? So fun piece of trivia about me. I was adopted from Romania at three months old. Okay. But literally nothing about me is Romanian aside from, you know, genealogy. Sure. <laughs> Well, that's 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 kind of a unique origin story. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I just, you know, I grew up in Warrington, went to school there, went to high school at Liberty and Bealton. Okay. Uh, went to George Mason for college. As so, did I. Yeah. Chewed a lot of the same dirt. What um have you always been interested in the macabre and the paranormal? Well, as a nineties kid, we used to have the scholastic book fairs. Sure. And they used to have the scary stories to tell in the dark. So S- off the jump. Scariest artwork in the dude, history of dude, modern no- art. There were Usually, be like, there are pages of that book that I'm scared to turn to. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the stories are, they're, they're moderately creepy, but man, I didn't even like, we went to a beach house a couple of years ago and they have like that, you know, the shelf of books that are at a beach house. Yeah. And that, that fucking thing was there. And I remember saying, maybe I'm going to take that and put it outside. I don't, I don't even I like know what like, it's in the house. Um, so what made you start the podcast then? Um, so during the pandemic, I was working from home the entire time, and you can only go from your living room to your bedroom so many times, sure. and in a couple of years before you start getting really bored. Um, I went to college for creative writing, and I always thought that I was going to end up producing something, whether it be a book, a show, anything. And it just finally got to the point where I turned 30 during the pandemic, and it's like, I haven't done any of the things right. I set out to do. So now I've got the fire under me to get a creative project off the ground, and here we are. It's also a good time to do it just because there's a billion podcasts, but one of the things that you can do is make um, something that sounds good, you know, something that sounds professional For because sure. the equipment has become more, you know, uh, palatable as far as cost goes. Your, your podcast sounds good. I was I was worried at first because, I mean, it, it sucks to say, but one of the things you got to do for anybody that wants to start a podcast is you got to buy some $500 microphones. You got to have yeah. like a, a, good, a solid board. Like there's just some things, if it doesn't sound a certain way, a lot of people won't even give it a second chance. You'd already crossed that bridge. And then the topicality is great. And I, it's always, I don't know how you feel about like zombie movies, but like zombie movies are so overly saturated that now it's almost become a trope. And when you see something like Last of Us, it's like, oh, this is a new angle. This is a new slant. Like, and I have a lot of respect for that. I dig the angle because I'm from here. And you probably were like me. You, you heard about a lot of this stuff growing up and you also sounds like you've developed a network of people that have experienced some of this stuff oddly enough like i didn't set out to meet all these people with these stories but it just happens that they had them the picture of i've I've listened to a couple episodes now and um you do one on the bunny man bridge and it's great because you listen to it and you guys are describing uh, a photograph that was taken yeah and uh i remember i was sitting there i was like oh they're playing this up like maybe this is some pro wrestling shit and i go to your instagram and i looked at it i said oh my god that's that's it. it. Looks like there are three people hanging. The photo's up. chilling. It is. Yeah, it really is. Um, how long? How long in your life have you been aware of the whole Bunny Man deal? I mean, uh, when Kelly was in college, that must have been back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. He's, He's the in the, episode the story. Too, yeah. yeah. Um, I heard about it then. I remember looking at the image then, but it was only like an in passing thing because sure. I was in high school at the time. There were a lot of things going on for me. But yeah, I didn't come back to it until I already started the show, and people in my corner were like, hey, you should really talk to Kelly about getting him on the podcast, and here we are. So funny, because the story you guys told, the origin story of the bunny, for those of you that aren't in the, the D.C. area, there, it's not even a bridge. You guys talked about this. It's a tunnel, it, It's yeah. a big, weird tunnel, and it's on private property. When I went there, the cops came, and they threw us out, because <laughs> the, the people, I guess, that live around there are pissed Yeah, the guys like us go out there to take a look around. Um <laughs> The story I heard was it was a dude dressed as a fucking bunny that was killing people and hanging them on hooks underneath the bridge. It wasn't that he was eating rabbits around the area because he went as an escaped yeah. mental patient or whatever. And I think we say that in the episode, like any good urban legends got at least four different conflicting stories yeah. about it. And and the and it's like it's the most known kind of serial killer spooky story in the northern Virginia area. So the fact that the episode's there, then that that picture is I mean, that's a real picture. Yeah. That that's very cool for someone that's lived here and heard about it for as long as I have. Um, I saw on your website people can like email you. You're you're trolling for stories, right? You're out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. For them. I'd love 
The idea is that anybody can have a good story and have a platform on the pod. Right. How do you suss out or how do you how are you going to go about sussing out people that are bullshit artists? Because, you know, people will tell a story just to yeah. get attention. I mean, that's going to be a difficult process. It will. But I haven't had a situation like that yet. So I don't really have a, a net to weed those out yet. What's the what's the creepiest scenario you've kind of been confronted or story that you've heard about? So the next three episodes are a, almost a four-hour interview with a bunch of paranormal investigators oh, wow. based out of the area. And I'm cutting it into like three or four different episodes, but they have stories that are ridiculous. Give me like a, just give me a little example. I don't even want to spoil it. Yeah. Um, when they realized that they wanted to go into the paranormal investigator trade, they went up to Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Western West Virginia. That and, sounds that sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Huge structure, like football fields long. Uh, I believe it's concrete. Huge stone structure. Um, haunted is the daylights, man. Um, they have like four or five stories up there that are just nuts. But uh, one of them specifically is that they walked into this big empty room. And the moment the last person in their group got inside the room, they hear a clang. Sure. A key had dropped in the dead center of the room, right? This old, old-ass skeleton key. <laughs> so the dude's looking around. He's like, where did this come from? And they're looking around, and there's a window, and there's a hook on the window where the key would perfectly hang. And there, I'm guessing no conceivable reason how it, the key could fall off yeah. the hook. So they just dude puts it back. They're like, whatever. They get out of the room. Um, they said it was shaped like an H, the building. So they're in the top right corner of the H. They're exploring. Hours go by. They're in the bottom corner of the H. They come into this room, and this room is where, like, one of the most violent murders in the male ward had occurred. And as soon as that guy gets back through the door, another member is like, hey, what did you do with that key? Mm. And they're like, put it back on the hook. It's still in the room. He said, look between your feet. The key was down there. What is, how do they, like, what do they attribute that to? They have no idea. Because <laughs> uh, it must be some that key must have some meaning. Some significance, yeah. yeah. The dude kept it on him for a couple years, and he's like, I've, I had terrible luck having that on my keychain. It, it was just a cool, spooky souvenir. But the moment he, he put that key in like his box at work, he's like, I got to get this thing off me. And his life started getting better, but the shop he worked for started going under. But that might have just been the pandemic. Well, that's that's what's so difficult about all this, at least what I um, – what is it? The, the Divic box? Is that what it's called? That's So have you heard of the Zach Bagans in his Ghost Adventures? I, I've seen that Demon House movie he has, but yeah. I haven't watched the episode. He's a ghost bro. Um, God bless him. He's, <laughs> Very he, much so, I yeah. think he really – I mean, he's into it. I don't think he's faking. Yeah. So he, I have a level of respect for that for certain – He's got a museum in Vegas um, that has, like, the most haunted objects. A lot of the Conjuring stuff. Yeah. You've heard about it? Does there, he have the Annabelle doll? I, he doesn't have that because I think it's still locked up in the Warren's house. I believe okay. so. But he's got the Devil's Rocking Chair, which is where the parent... This is the first Conjuring where the exorcism of the parent family had. And there have been people that go in there and they say they immediately get back pain when they sit in. It's crazy Oof. because, like, they have videotape of people freaking out and... I just always wonder how much of it's psychosomatic. You know what I mean? Like if, yeah. you, if you walked if you walked in here and I said, "Hey man, it's fucking haunted. Be careful." You would already have feel a certain way, and if it was haunted and I didn't tell you, you probably wouldn't feel anything. I just wonder how much of it's all in our minds. And that's something I've figured out listening to all these stories is that sometimes it's just whatever's in your mind is being preyed on in that moment. Maybe it's just the scenario. I don't know if ghosts are real 8 episodes in, but right. I know that people have experiences they can't explain. And it's almost indistinguishable as like if even if it was just psychosomatic, sure, the effects are real to them. And also, you talk about this. The episode I, I just listened to on the way here was um, the one about the cat, which is that's <laughs> probably it's, it's just a cat. Who is the guy in that that one? Uh, Dustin. He's a he's old a character. I, yeah, like, I like that guy a lot. He's got a very Ron White comedic inflection. He does. And it it and really makes the episode. Sounds like so. we have a lot of similar interests as well. Um, <laughs> he's a good dude. But he I, he was the one I immediately googled. Uh, He's like, someone needs to ghost hunt Williamsburg, Virginia. And I, and I looked it up, and there's all the tours and stuff that I'm sure you guys already saw. Yeah. Um, but you guys were having a conversation about we all have energy inside of us, and it's all released, you know, when we, you know, shed our mortal coil and, like, 
who's to say how that's kind of ingested back into the earth, you know? Yeah. So Energy it's just... go, ghost is like a spooky way of saying it, but it, it, it maybe it's something else that that's the only way we know how to classify it as. Where are you at on the interdimensional shit? Because I think it explains everything. I don't think there's... It's got to be like, um, you know how you can switch the... Oh, no, that sucks. Let me... Remember those old projectors they used to have in school sure. where they'd have like a math problem and they laid something down over top of it? Yeah. It might be like that. Where it's just different alternating layers over top of it. I think you're right. Sometimes I, they intersect. I think that that explains UFOs. I think it explains Bigfoot. I think it explains all this shit. Is that they aren't isolated events. It's just we're giving little glimpses of. I think there's there's holes when you talk about. It, I mean, I don't know how, how much you looked into. You mentioned Skinwalkers on your podcast, but I read the book that George Knapp wrote about Skinwalker Ranch and all the stuff that they see out there, and it's all centering around these big portals. And these yeah. portals open up, and then they see. You know, skinwalkers coming out, Bigfoot, aliens, and I think we're just given glimpses of these other dimensions that are out there. And I think that it would explain what we think is time travel. Yeah. It basically encompasses everything. It's like a small window opens for a small amount of time. Yeah. And you got to be looking there. And people are like, why don't we have any pictures of it? Try to take a picture of I had a bald eagle fly over the other day. And I tried to get my phone out to take a picture, and it was gone, you <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Try to take a picture of that shit. That's why... I always believe people when they're talking about UAPs or whatever because it's just it's difficult to be in the right place and the right time with a running camera yeah. in your hand. So, um, what are some other things you do want to tackle with the podcast? Like, do you have a checklist of things you'd like to do? I really want to get into cryptids. Really? Yeah. Um, one of the things that inspired the podcast was someone was telling me about the not deer. Okay. The sensation that um, if you're driving by and you see a deer that looks a little malformed and weird, it might be a skinwalker. Hmm. And that that made me just want to go down a rabbit hole. Is this area known for any? Cri- There's the I had a guy on name. I, I I think we talked about him in the store. His name's uh, Denver, and he uh the the wood booger. That's one that's in Virginia. I've, no, I've not heard. Oh of that. yeah, uh, Jester, do me a favor, look that up. I don't remember what town it is. There's a the town. Booger. Dude, you got to go there and do a show. There's a town in Virginia. That's entire identity is based around sightings of the wood booger. There's a place called like the wood booger cafe where you can go. And <laughs> that's wild. Dude. It's fantastic. And that is a Virginia based cryptid. So that like, that might be a good place to start. Yeah. The author the weird thing about that is the, what is giganthropithecus is the name of the creature. Like there's something that existed. Like a, is that like a Bigfoot like Nessie to Ogopogo type thing? Well, it's a big, it's a big ape man that used yeah. to exist. Like they have fossils of it. So, the people that just dismiss the idea of some sort of man ape or whatever, whatever, like a is. missing link type thing. Sure, if it already existed, is it that? I mean, we're drag. We're just now getting videos of giant squid, right? Like we're yeah. just now seeing what those things look like. We've known that they've existed for hundreds of years. I mean, there's pictures of them, you know, that are date back for when before America was discovered. Earth is a big place. It might be housing a lot of things that we don't know about. Especially those dense woods in like British Columbia and the yeah. Pacific Northwest. You have the name of it? Yeah, it's in Norton, Virginia. Norton. They, ha- they have a wood Norton. booger sanctuary, festival, and a grill. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff surrounding it, but it's because they see this thing so much down there. The part also that I identified where you guys were having the discussion is, and I think why it's good that you're doing it based on this area, that nobody around the country has what we ha- there. The Civil War happened right here. Yeah. I mean, right next to my, the closest giant to my house, there's a battlefield, you know? Everybody died there. They built a goddamn shopping center on top of it. It get mentioned every episode, but this whole place is just covered in death, and there's a very specific feel to it. And it's strange. You're right. And we don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it at all. Yeah. I mean, I live, you, in Fairfax, you live 10 minutes from Manassas. Like, if I drive 10 minutes down the road of Manassas, think about the tens of thousands of people, and that's just... That skirmish, you know, God yeah. forbid we're talking about Native Americans, people that came before American. America was here. If there's residue, man, it's, it's got to be in everywhere. Right. Yeah. And and violence. Anybody that you talk to that deals in this shit, they say violence also helps, you know, a painful, awful death. It also helps leave an impression. So, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, It's got to be fun, though. Like, do you worry at all about people always talk about taking something with you, like looking into stuff like this? This is actually a great setup for the next series of episodes, too, because I'm not the one going out on ghost hunts, but I'm talking to the people that do, and at some point, they always bring something home with them, no matter how skeptical they are. Everyone has their experience that changes them. Really? Yeah. All those guys you talk to? All of them. Like, the key story, uh, there's another specific one where a dude went to Ohio and had a very messed up experience. Sure. 
But if you go look, it's like the mess around, find out meme. If you look hard enough, you will find something that gets to you, even if you don't believe in it. Well, I don't think it matters either, because if it's psychosomatic or you're possessed by a demon, if it's happening, it's happening. Yeah. I mean, that, that's always been the way that I've looked at it. And I, I don't know, man. There's been enough situations in my life where I'm like, I don't think this happened by chance, either positive or negative. Yeah. And I, and I also think, how, where are you on skeptics? Anyone that's a skeptic, I, I don't think, I don't kind of respect the way that they live their life because it's such a closed-minded way of viewing anything. Just because we haven't been been given proof to X, Y, and Z so far doesn't mean we won't in the future. I think it's fine to be skeptical because I think it also takes a little bit of open-mindedness to question things. But it also, if you're just guarding yourself against any possibility you can't understand, you're missing out a lot in life. Right. And to go back to what you were saying earlier about do I feel like I might have that experience, with the podcast, I feel like it's coming from a very altruistic place. I'm here to find people's stories. I'm not here to prove the existence of ghosts, aliens, monsters. That would be cool if it happened, but it's not necessarily my goal. So it's an act of love. It's a a labor of – it's a – what is it? Work of passion? Sure. Project of passion? Yeah. Passion project. Passion project. I think we're all – Why is that so hard? All beating around the right bush. Yeah. So, But do you like the fact that there is – because it sounds like you respect – The proximity is fun. Yeah. Right. That you're not you're interviewing the boxer as he comes out of the ring. Exactly. But I'm not going in the ring. <laughs> no. You might get a little sweat. And on I you. might eventually. You know. You you stay close to something for a while. Like maybe in a year I'll be. You know. Right. Well, the good thing is, is that the, if you want to, you're building the Rolodex to go out with the credible people because absolutely. Dude, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you will encounter it, but the the mental instability that surrounds this conversation. It's why I'm so glad that the Navy released those three videos and you've got Navy pilots giving uh, interviews about encountering UFOs because the stigma is being, you know, dispensed uh, with. Yeah, exactly. And so you got to wait through a lot of that crap though, man. And I feel fortunate too, in that the early episodes deal with people that are like, I feel like I'm crazy just saying this to you. Sure. But I will probably encounter the people that, are literally just out there, out there. What specifically are you you looking for from people that you want to have on the show? Like just an interesting just, story? Just a good story, yeah. Even if someone is up and down crazy, that would still be fun just to hear their story for the creativity and uniqueness of it. Yeah, but I do like the fact that you did an episode and there's a picture attached to it yeah. and you can have conversations based on that. And that would be the ideal, you know? Something that has like a bit of evidence to it. When do you think you take that first step? It's like, all right, I'm going out with one of these guys, or I'm going to go do it. Would you do an episode from an area that people have experienced the supernatural at? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you do your show in the dark with a candlelight, right? That's yeah. scary enough. I don't know if I would. I would and that's a vibe for the interview, but I don't. So uh, I want to shout out something that we're probably going to do in a little bit. These paranormal investigators, they have a story about McMahon's uh, Bar and Grill in Warrington. Okay. Uh, McMahon's Irish Pub. Yeah. It's now O'Brien's, but the people that work there say that, you know, there's very haunting experiences there at night. Like, they'll lock up and just run out the door. So, what I want to do is get the paranormal investigators I've been talking to, get them to come in and do the little ghost hunting stuff while we conduct an interview inside the That's a great idea. Yeah. So, would you be interviewing them as it actually is happening, or would it be afterwards? I, I haven't talked to them about it yet, but... I think they would jump at the opportunity. I love that. There. My yeah. bu- my buddy, my friend Bruce, he, um, God damn it, I forgot. It was in Woodbridge. It was this giant restaurant bar that used to be like an old inn from the 1800s. And he was the last bartender. He would lock up and he had, ac- you know, I'm going to put you in touch with him because he's a good talker too. And he had acres of ghost stories yeah. about working in that place. It's so difficult too when a building's got old bones and, and even wood, wood is a, all that shit's absorbent. You know it what is. I mean? Like you, it absorbs is. things around it. it. It it's so easy for your head, your your brain to run tricks. And you see that door up there? Look above you. Yeah. So we came in here probably four different times. That door is open. <laughs> and the easy explanation is an HVAC guy came in here when we weren't around and went up in there. But there's no mo- locking mechanism, right? I don't. I don't know. We've never been up there. Um, like if there's a draft inside, maybe that pushes it open. Why would it happen all the time? Anyway, <laughs> the point being is this building's a hundred years old. You know, so yeah. because of that, if it was in Ashburn, you know, right on Waff Wax Pool Road, I wouldn't think, oh, it's haunted. But because this is an old building, 
we're kind of predisposed to thinking, oh, definitely a goblin must have pushed the door open, right? For sure. Like, you're here late at night editing or something. You yeah, know, well, he is. Cr- I'm, dr- yeah. I'm drunk at home. <laughs> now, that, that, uh, but that's a spooky door, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, like crawl spaces it. are inherently spooky. I don't like crawl spaces whatsoever. <sighs> but the good thing about around here, too, there's a lady that does a ghost tour around here, and it's like, well, you can't swing a dead cat, no dis- disrespect, without hitting <laughs> a marker for a Civil War battlefield within five feet of here. And that was the courthouse right there across yeah. the street, so. That's awesome, man. Well, the good thing is I don't think you're ever going to run out of content. Yeah. And even if it gets bigger than this area, I don't think I think people would still be interested. For sure. Also, now you said before we started talking here, you kind of want to get into like reviewing what movies or games or what I'd else? say both. Um, there was a movie that came out recently called Skinamarink. Yeah. And I shot a review with my girlfriend for it when we got home just so we were still in the vibe. Sure. Her mic wasn't on. <laughs> was yeah, Justin technical running the difficulties. Board? Was Jimmy running the board? I, don't know. I probably could explain everything. But yeah, we had to scrap that, and I think we're a little too far past the movie to go back. But well, I mean, Dead I mean, Space just came out. The remaster, sure. Resident Evil Four drops in uh, March. But you could review Hereditary. I mean, you could go yeah. back and say, like, look, this this is what I think. But I just want to have something interesting and new to say about it. And part of being like the first person out with a review is being part of that. Sure, I get that. So I have to find a good angle. Well, you found a good angle for the first part. Um, yeah. If you want to check it out, I should I should plug it. Uh, it's the Hometown Horrors Podcast. They're on Instagram and Facebook, but it's real easy to find. I just went to, uh, well, you got a link tree, which is yeah. real easy, but I went to Spotify and it just popped right up right there. If anyone's having any trouble, it's always going to be a picture of the two ghosts over the campfire. Yeah, check that out there. Yeah. It's very easy to find and very consumable. I think they're about 40 minutes long a piece. Yeah, between 30 and 40. That's good, too, because I found that people that are doing what you're doing, they think we got to make it an hour. Yeah. And they're just maybe the conversation doesn't need to be an hour. But that's a difficult thing to say. You forget how nice like 22 minute long television episodes are until you crush a season in an afternoon. It is weird. It just feels good. That I don't I'm not watching that 90s show, but uh, but my wife says they're still 22 minutes long. And I'm like, why? They don't need commercial breaks. (laughs) Why can't you give us the full half hour? Well, how long's the season? Not not to get too far off track. I think but. ten. See, I mean, nothing is longer than than ten episodes. Now, I, I yeah. don't know who did us in for the ten episode bit, but if you recall, like d- when Star Trek: The Next Generation was on, they do thirty two episodes for a season. Now we get eight Last of Us. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that's all about. And maybe it's just the production budget's bigger, but you know, supposedly. Um. All right. So the first in the series that you were talking about dropped today. When do new episodes come out? Uh, this is actually the last episode before the new series. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But when do your episodes come out? Uh, Wednesdays, uh, 3 a.m. <laughs> 3 <laughs> you got to have a gimmick, right? Well, why not? Yeah. People are up, and they're over-caffeinated, and they're paranoid. It's a good thing to check out. Uh, bi-weekly, too. You can check it out. The Hometown Horror Podcast. Uh, Daddy, great to talk to you, brother. Thank you for having me on, Shoot. Let's stay in touch, too. And if you have uh, cool stuff happen, we'd love to talk about it on the show. And I have lots of weirdos that listen to this program, so I'm sure some of them will reach out to you as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm easy to find. How do people get in touch with you if they, they do want to reach out because they have a story? Well, there is the email address, thehometownhorrorspodcast at gmail.com. Okay. No spaces, all lowercase. I have a Google Voice uh, box, too. I should grab the number real quick. I actually don't know how that works. Is that what we have for the uh, the voicemail? Yeah, it's like a fake phone your, number. Your mic's off, Jim. But, Jesus Christ. You know, you don't want your public information out there the whole time, so. No, I wouldn't say this so. This could get real weird real quick. So people could just leave you a voicemail is what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's that easy. I think even text messages would work. But, I mean, from the Instagram, from the Facebook, there's direct messaging there, too. All right, cool. You get that just, link tree, uh, too. There's a link in the bio for that. Yeah. So the phone number, if anyone is interested. If you're daring enough to call or text, 571-358-8880. And no bullshit. Well, no. Yeah. That's right. Gentleman's an expert here. Eight Lie ep- detector. Eight episodes in. That's right. It's him and the, the, the conjuring couple. Brother, good to see you. Thank you yeah. so much for coming in. Uh, following you on Instagram now, so we will be checking out all the new episodes as well. That is Danny from the Hometown Horrors Podcast, everybody. The best barbecue in Virginia can only be found at Monk's Barbecue in Percival, Virginia. Check them out at Monk's BBQ on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at monksq.com. Over the weekend tour, I, um, I put up a tweet that is something that I normally wouldn't do. I 
especially on Twitter, I've uh, been playing it pretty close to the vest since my what I like to call the troubles. Mm -hmm. And um, for obvious reasons, there's a lot of negativity on there. But um, I put up a tweet about uh, something that's been going on. And I'm a firm believer in, as Jim Norton said one time, act as if. Um, as someone that has a lot of physical anxiety, there's a lot of times where I'm sitting here doing the show where I feel like I'm having a heart attack or I feel like I'm going to drop dead or I'm short of breath, but the listeners don't know that and you don't know that. So what I do is I act as if everything's fine. Um, and so I think a lot of times we get way too bogged down in oversharing our emotional state and the way we feel about things as a society. Yeah. Life's real good in this country. So we overshare, uh, we think people care and they don't. Um, so I try not to do as much of that. Like if I'm annoyed, I think you, you're kind of the same way. Like if I'm annoyed about something, I don't mind talking about it on the internet. Like I'll throw it out there. Hey, this this movie casting pisses me off or why did this football team do that? Um, but I've, I've been doing that Peloton bit and, um, I had noticed last week, it was my third week technically of doing it, um, that I felt better, that I just felt better as a human being. Like not only just physically, but I was in a better mood, um, Most of the time. And so I was, I I forgot what happened. I had gotten off the bike and uh, the chick and I were about to do something. And uh, I put up a tweet and it said this. It said, for what it's worth, I was battling some pretty deep depression recently and decided to start exercising a little bit every day. I'm on day 14 in the day and uh, the difference is astounding. If you're fat and sad like me, ride the bike for 30 minutes, uh, even if you suck at it. Not a sermon, just a thought. Tagged it with the lawn Solomon for those of you that have listened to WJFK over the years. And McLean Bible Church. Um, it got an enormous amount of feedback for me. Uh, if you look at, you know, uh, Pete Davidson's tweets, um, it's, 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 it's a drop in the, in the bucket, but for me, it got a, a lot of feedback and I'm, I would say 99% of it was positive. I don't even really think anyone was shitty at all, which is very rare, but what I got a lot of feedback on it was people asking if I was okay. Like people saying, is everything okay? And then people saying things like, Show's really funny. Don't do anything to hurt yourself. And I'm like, ooh, I, uh, that is not what I meant. I didn't mean that. Um, I think you probably battled depression, I'm guessing. Uh, some, some very strong slumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But don't you think that's normal? I think it's just part of the human condition. I think that the true clinically depressed are fucking can't get out of bed. Can't get out of bed. Yeah. Can't get out of bed can't face a person or the world or any that is what i see is you know depression but if you're right. in a if you're in a, a slump a rut why am i taking another nap at 3 p.m you should i sh- should be doing something else but here i that you're almost saying exactly what i was feeling it's, it's like why I, I should be doing more why am i not doing this like am i ever gonna and it was just it was it was a couple of weeks in a row where i was just feeling bad and um there was a moment or two where you that feeling you describe where it's just like why am i even bothering to get up but like I don't. I didn't want to go too far, and because you're right, the people the people that are suffering from the depression in a way were like they're considering fucking. Like I would rather not exist than go through this. Yeah, that's not me, um, and that's not where I was at. And I, the reason why I put that up, I, I've never claimed to be any type of a, a fucking role model. I have never. I, I don't even. When I tell people to do things, I generally do it either for self-serving purposes or like, hey, donate 50 stars. Uh-huh. Or it's, I like this bookstore. I like this sub- the Subway place. I like the fucking, this pizza restaurant. Go support that. Like, I, I like to be able to have the ability to help out places that I like continue to do what they do. That that I like that influence. Um, we have a lot of fat guys that listen to this show. Um, and a lot of guys that drink a lot. And that's me. And... Um, I don't know if they feel the same way I do. Um, they might have kids. They might have different life, family situations. I don't know. I don't know if they uh, suffer from what I suffer from. But a lot of times when you're just sitting there and everything looks insurmountable, like everything to do well takes an enormous amount of time, right? Yes. Like if you want to look like Ryan Reynolds, it's going to take years. Uh, if you want to learn to play the guitar, it's going to take years. Like any anything. I thought it would be valuable that if there are guys out there that are like me, that are fat and drunk and sad, this instantly improved. And I've exercised. People were treating me like I'd never exercised. I've, I've gone back and forth between exercising my life. What I'm saying is this instantly made me feel better, and I've felt better the entire time. 
and I, I feel less sad. I feel more capable. I feel better about everything going on in my life because I've decided to just try to do this every day. Um, and I don't know if that would be enough motivation to get anyone to do anything, but I feel like it's way more impactful than all that some good-looking trainer fucking barking at you horse shit because they don't know what you're going through and they don't know what you feel. Yeah. Um, and I do. I do. So th that was where I was coming from with that tweet. And if you didn't see any, you don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm probably boring you. But um, a lot of people were worried, I would say. And I didn't I didn't want that. I wanted to assuage some of their concerns. But also, a lot of people crawling out of the woodwork saying nice shit, saying like they, the show gets them through every week. Like people that I don't hear from, you know, I, I like I love it when, when Corey, the Corey Readers and John Ham Scammers and Charles Coochers of the world send compliments. But those are ride or die. Like that's fucking that's the vanguard. Yeah, these are weird guys with burner tweeters saying I don't ever tweet, but I listen to the show every day and blah blah blah. blah. So that, that that was kind of made it worthwhile. But you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't want to be preachy or fucking condescending or look at me and look what I'm doing. But I also thought it could be useful if someone's on the fence about hey, I feel real bad. I wish I could do something to make me feel better. And when you feel that bad, it's so hard to try to make yourself feel good and get to the Hell it's, yeah. at the. The Gold's Gym on Route One when it when I that was my gym on the door was half the battle is showing up right and you get through the doors you're like fuck it I might as well go do something and when you leave yeah I did something yeah and it's, it, whenever I worked out with my dad it, it didn't matter if it was a shitty lift or a good lift or every, like clockwork better than doing nothing yeah and I'm like wow it was and dramatic it changes the entire landscape of your week uh, and and anything like that it, it's it's insane how the psyche if you can get it to buy in to that you're you're bought you can yeah. you, you can get invested so quickly because you don't want to lose that good feeling I, I think you're right there's a couple of things one is you have to be honest with yourself For, with with me going back to the gym was not in the cards I, I've gotten to a state now where I'm I don't want to say agoraphobic but being around a lot of gross people I I don't want to do that and I was finding that that was keeping me from going to my Jim, because there's lots of gross people. I, I am not telling you to buy a Peloton. I'm not. But what I can tell you is having that fucking thing staring at me every day when I walk out of the bedroom is enough of a, hey, fuckhead, you spent $2,000 on me. Come over here and get on. Like that right. for it worked. I found something that works for me. Um, and I think why I'm also I'm getting more endorphins. It's intense. Like when I would lift weights, I would lift weights and I would do cardio for half an hour. Like I would work out for an hour. I actually would work out longer than I'm doing right now. But you're walking around, you're checking your phone. Yeah. I'm on the I'm on the elliptical, you know, I'm just eh, put it at five incline, I'll watch Fox News. Like I'll just sit here. Sure. This thing is busting your ass for the entire time you're on it. And so I think that because the intensity is much higher, it's releasing more of that good shit in your body when you get that chemical reaction. It's definitely the the high intensity and that's it when people are like, where, where do you where do you start? Where do you start? I Tell them, go to the big three lifts. Go do your bench press. Yeah. Go do your deadlift and go do your squat. Doesn't matter if you're terrible at it. You are going to fucking change everything about you by doing that because it's so intense. And if you can get in that zone of doing that or, I mean, people that are jogging, people are doing any of that. If, I think it's called jogging. If you can <laughs> if you can make yourself sweat on your own or, or in, in some fashion like that, yeah. then it's, it's I don't know, it, it's insane. And it's, it's tough because you and I both have – gone through phases where we're doing better and then gone through phases where yeah you're not doing anything at all so it's i i never want it to sound lecturing but i just i see a lot of guys that look like me that come out to the shows and i'm guessing some of them are going through the shit that i am and i feel like i'm a better husband i feel like i'm a better host uh i feel like i'm a better friend because i'm not as fucking pissed you know i'm not as angry as yeah. i was i'm not as sad as i was um and there's still a lot of problems trust me i still have a piece of shit sometimes but um i don't know i just wanted to bring that up because it, it was nice to see the big response but it also it was kind of one of those th i think it's it's almost like being canceled where you say something and then like somebody hears it differently than the way that you intended it and then all of a sudden it's a fucking problem now this is the opposite of that but that happens a lot on the internet so not a sermon, just a thought. Okay, um, The Last of Us. Episode four is as close to being Last of Us as I think that they've come, which is weird because there ain't no monsters in episode four, which I'm assuming you liked better. I preferred it. 
I now thought they, there was going to be. Oh, they hinted oh, there's in that basement down there. Yeah, they hinted at something right, down there. Well, I'm excited for uh, to, to get to all that stuff. But when they're running and gunning and dealing, like going in between the buildings and all that, that is some of the best post-apocalyptic anything. Um, you know, how many post-apocalyptic movies have we seen? Zombie movies and shit like that. Tons. Fucking really good. Uh, the chemistry between Pedro Pascal and that little girl. He's pulling off that role perfectly, and then when they had that moment where she tells the the pun, and he like finally starts to warm up a little bit, I was like, I actually found myself saying, "Oh, that's really nice." Yeah, you know. And this, everyone's talking about how grim it is and how horrible it is, and I just, I'm not getting that. And maybe because I played the the game, so I'm familiar with the environment, but um, it's not too much. It is the opposite of the deep that book I'm reading, where it's just too much macabre all the time. They let you breathe in this show a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Some really good action sequences, and I thought they made her seem credible. And the whole, the back and forth. I really appreciated the back and forth with the where he's trying to show her how to use the gun and gives it back to her and puts it away. I mean, she's pointing at him at all the time. He probably should have said something there, but um, there was actually some real stuff in there that gun people always get infuriated with movies because they just it's like do you not have anyone that owns a gun that could tell you what to do on the fucking movie screen? You're running around with the finger on the trigger, pointing it at your wife. Don't you don't do that. So I appreciated that, too. Uh, did you like it? Uh, I have a complicated relationship with The Last of Us. <laughs> it disturbs you, I assume. Well, it disturbs me because the girl looks like my youngest sister when she was that age. Oh, really? Like a striking resemblance with the hair and that the face, all of it. I could take you out of a movie. It's really... I'm like, oh, he, come on. Like I, I'm rooting really hard, but I know... If something happens, I'm gonna be crushed. Right? Because it, it's it's done so well. The show is. I'm, I'm invested. I'm invested. I watched it at 9:05 on Sunday night as soon as it released, and I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And, and I'm just. It's it's nice. It's a nice show for me, I think, but it's a little stressful because yeah. that, that's just a weird real life investment. I try to separate church and state as much as I can when enjoying entertainment, but. That's fucking me up a little bit. I mean, but Dude, the, the, the citizens do, doing coming together, and that's right. how they're operating. And then there's other. Uh, it's really, really. And interesting. Joel admitting that, like, even those guys just tried to kill him. Like he he's done shit like that in the past. Right. He has to murder that dude that's just sitting there. Um. Also, the part of it that I thought was well done is that um, the experience. Well, let me, let me start over. What you just described with your the sister. When I, I'm watching Good Time for the movie club. Yeah. For, for Fortress Film Society this week. By the way, Good Time, uh, The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, and uh, How the West Was Won, along with uh, The Deep by uh, Nick Manning, whatever his name is. Um, I think that's a porn star that was dating Robin Quivers at one point. Um, Dick Smokehand is the sparkly vampire kid, Robert Pattinson, in Good Time. Yeah. They're the same exact person. fucking guy. And I, I was having so much cognitive dissonance, like you were just describing with The Last of Us, because I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't, he, the guy dyes his hair, he's got crazy blonde hair in the fucking movie. Right. He's real thin. He's erratic. He's very charismatic. Um, Don't take any disrespect from this dick. Lies as easy as he can fucking breathe. Um, And it was, it honestly was unsettling at times, because I don't, I think Dick is a little bit more like this character now than he was back when the movie came out and I saw it. Um, I don't even necessarily mean that as a critique, but that was fucking completely taking me out of that movie. And I remember watching my wife finally watched it, and he's lying. He's in this. He's in the. He's in the house. Did you watch the movie? Yeah, I've seen it. And he's talking to the little girl, and he's like, uh, "I'm gonna get something to eat. You want something?" It's like it's her fridge. Right. She's like, "He reminds me of Anthony," and I'm like, "Yeah, because it's the same shit. Like this guy is a fucking." scammer you know like that's in the essence of what he is and like they can just lie as easy as they can fucking breathe like it comes out when he's trying to talk his way into that fucking house and he's got his brother with him and he's just like lying and it's like it just comes out as easy as they can breathe so it's weird having a couple guys that i think are capable of that that are my friends that are my close friends and, and watching that movie now because it just feels so familiar i guess that's what you were describing yeah too, but it's your it, sister it's just weird it, but the 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 I think it's made well for a normie like me also. Yeah, show. I think so too. I've never played the video game. I was aware of the video game, I, I think, by proxy of you. Sure. Uh, but 
it's it just feels like a really well-made TV show. And if there's video game elements to it, I'm like, oh, well, this is this would be a fucking awesome video game. The, the end of this game it, um, is such a heart-wrenching mindfuck that I, I really want to see what they're going to do because they've changed some shit. And I want to see if they go in another direction because if they do the same, if it goes the same way the game does, I, I can't even imagine what the reaction is going to be like online because I think most of the people watching it don't don't play the game because most of the articles that I've seen written are like, is this different in the game than it is on the TV show? It's like, well, if you played it, you'd probably know that yeah. already. Um, but I see a lot more people checking it out too. I see a lot more people playing the game because of it, which is a good thing because the, the game's fabulous. So um, yeah, episode four. No spoilers, but uh, fantastic! I really, really enjoyed it, and overall, it's a good show. Good show. I don't have I don't have as many quibbles with it as um, other people seem to. If you want to become a Chad Duke Show Facebook subscriber, it's very, very easy. Head to the Chad Duke Show on Facebook, hit the subscriber hub button, and follow the steps to gain access to the secret supporter group chat and get the bonus show video backlogs. The Last of Us is a really good show. Now, I've only caught the first two episodes, so I haven't seen three or four yet, and I know five's getting ready to come out. I'll catch up. Don't you worry. I got a lot of shit going on. I don't, but it's an excuse. Speaking of a lot of shit going on, though, the Chad Duke Show. We have a lot of shit going on. Again, later tonight, facebook.com backslash the Chad Duke Show, 7 p.m. It'll be live for everybody. We have our holiday not holiday, we have our hot dog hootenanny. Glizzy's galore, beers, bourbon. It's going to be entertaining, I promise you. Then one week from tomorrow, February 18th, we're going to be at Flying Ace Farm for our special spaghetti dinner live show. We're going to have our second annual NFL Blitz tournament. You guys will come see me in the pavilion to get signed up for that. We're also going to be joined by Luigi Primo live at Flying Ace Farm, and he's going to challenge our very own Joe Soup. In a dough-spinning showdown, I can only imagine what is going to come of that. And then a few short weeks after that, April 21st, The Pie Tasters, Tally Ho Theater. Tickets are available now, tallyhotheater.com. The entire Chad Duke show is going to be in attendance. Come to the show. Have a great time. Come say hi to all the boys. There's really no way to go wrong with that one. And as I always do at this time, if you want to keep up with the show www.chaddukeshow.com you get your episodes get your subscription check out the sponsors go to the shop buy some swag go to commonwealth dry goods for the love of god people we have all our social posts on there i've already hammered it in your head but facebook.com backslash the chad duke show oh my god i've completely forgot super bowl sunday is two days away Facebook subscribers, we have another opportunity to win a PlayStation 5 Super Bowl Sunday for one lucky Facebook subscriber. If you want to get in on it, you have until Sunday. Become a supporter. It's $4.99 a month. You're not going to regret it. That 5 bucks will be well worth your time. I promise you. PlayStation 5, again. We just gave one out, and we're doing it again. You're very welcome. Twitter, it's at Chad Dukes. Instagram, it's at Chad Dukes Show. Thank you guys so, so much for all the kind words you shared with me when you found out I was sick. I, I love you guys. I swear I do. This is such a great community. Share these shows with the normie. Let them know what's going on. Get them hooked on the show. They'll never leave our side. That's what we love. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And if the good Lord is willing and the creeks don't rise, shoot and tour will catch you back here on Monday. Roll out the...